just cool. Very cool. Guess that dates me. Cool. Okay. We're going to do the Christmas story. Is that okay? Amen. <laughs> let's do that. Okay, let's back that up. Let's see, one more. <clears throat> and we're going to read Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 8. And we're going to read through verse 14. I'll pray and then we'll get started. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. And Lord God, as we go through your word today, and Lord, just, it's just special, Father, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, God becoming flesh, being born on this earth. Lord God, we ask for your blessing on your word. And Lord, may it, uh, may it just bear fruit to your praise. Again, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, let's go back to verse 8. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were, what? Terrified. It didn't say that they were mildly nervous. They were terrified when this happened. And you know, I could, I could understand. I mean, this is a pretty supernatural event. You know, I mean, an angel in the sky. But I think the one thing in, in that text that we see is it said that the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. The glory of the presence of God. Why would they be afraid of that? Well, again, it was a pretty supernatural experience. But the scripture shows us other times when people experienced the glory of God and just they didn't know what to do. It was they got scared. They did. Uh, There's another instance in Isaiah when God calls this man Isaiah to be a prophet for him. But in this call, oh, let's just take a look at that verse. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. So Isaiah, this man, he has this, I don't know if it's a vision or whatever, but he sees the Lord. He sees into heaven. And he said, The Lord was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And the next verses talk about these things that he was seeing there. And then when you get to verse 5, it says, Then I said, My destruction is sealed, for I am a sinful man and a member of a sinful race, yet I have seen the King, the the, the Lord Almighty. We see in instances in the scriptures where 
when the glory of God comes, humans become aware of the condition of their heart. And it's kind of scary. You know? It's kind of scary because here they're experiencing this complete holiness, this complete righteousness, this complete awesomeness, and yet they realize, I know me. (laughs) Woe is me. (laughs) Uh, There was an instance where we didn't really see the glory of God, but when Jesus was walking on the earth, just starting to tell people about the kingdom of God, just starting to let people know who he really was. And uh, he was walking along the, the beach, and a large crowd was there, and he talked to a guy named Peter, and he said, let me use your boat. Can I use your boat? So he got in this boat, they pushed it out a ways, and the crowd came, and Jesus is just teaching about the kingdom of God from this, from this boat, because it kept him from being crowded. He was out on the water. When it was all over with, he told Peter, he said, launch your boats and go out and uh, drop your nets down. And Peter said, we've been fishing all night. Caught nothing. But if you tell us to do it, we'll do it. So they got in their boats, they went out and dropped their nets. And the scriptures tell us that the nets became so full that they started to tear. And uh, they started calling for help. Others to come and help them get these fish in. It was just crazy amount of fish in these nets. And Peter... He gets, he gets shaken because he's starting to understand Jesus is not just another man. And he starts, you know, he doesn't have a full grasp of everything yet, but he's starting to see it. And, and it's interesting what he says. When he, when he gets an understanding, he said, Simon Peter realized what had happened. He fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. It's just something about you become aware of of what's going on in your heart. You become aware of what's there. But see, this isn't my message today. This is just an introduction. Because the message today is, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I'll even show you it's the title right there. Okay, see? Do not be afraid. It's right up there. I'm serious. Do not be afraid. That's the message. The the shepherds were terrified. And the angel says, don't be afraid. Because, then he lists these reasons why they don't need to be terrified. And we're going to go through the reasons why. Okay, that's what we're going to do this morning. So, uh, the first thing is that the angel says, he was bringing good news. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. I'm bringing you good news of great joy. How many of you like good news? How many of you like good news, bad news, jokes? Doesn't matter. I'm going to tell them anyway. Okay, so. I found good news, bad news, jokes for pastors. Yeah. I wasn't even looking for it. But it just came across and they were clean jokes. So there we go. So we're going to do those. Good news. This is for the pastor. Mrs. Jones is wild about your sermons. Bad news. Mrs. Jones is also wild about the gong show, Beavis and Butthead, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, Good news. Your women's softball team finally won a game. The bad news is they beat the men's team. <laughs> a couple more. Good news. 
church attendance rose dramatically in the last three weeks. Bad news is you were on vacation when it happened. (laughs) The last one's the worst one. Okay. Brace yourself. Good news. Your deacons want to send you to the Holy Land. The bad news is they're stalling until a war breaks out. That's a bad one. I know that's a bad joke. I'm sorry. It's not good news. No. Listen. In today's text, it's nothing but good news. It's not a mix of good news, bad news. It's not hearing something good, but then the shoe drops. It's just good news. It's good news. And uh, we're going to show a video in just a moment. It's good news that the text says will be great joy. Great joy. Now, I think I showed this video once some time ago. But uh, about... uh, so three and a half years ago or so, our son Josh enlisted and uh, went off to San Diego. And he was telling the family that he wasn't going to make it home for Christmas. But then he called me in November and he said, I'm coming home for Christmas, but don't tell anyone else. Which I thought was rather fun because this is like the first Christmas Josh would never have been home with us. It's the first one ever, okay? So uh, Josh did come home and I filmed it. It's most. And my, my fingers were kind of fake. Yeah, and, and, and Lori wants to say the reason why she didn't have her hands like around Josh was because she was baking in the kitchen when this happens, okay? So, but anyway, I'm going to step out of the way and uh, let's enjoy this together. Oh my word! Oh my word! <laughs> Honey! Nice lies here and there. Nice lies here and there. Oh my word. (laughs) I have till the first. You have till the first. It it does happen one more time. Oh my word. (laughs) All right. Now, I, I love that. I just was thinking about it the other day. I thought, okay, I'm going to show that one again. But Listen, it was good news that brought great joy. Seriously, great joy to a mother's heart. Great joy. And this angel is, is telling these shepherds, because it's like God has to tell somebody. You know what I'm saying? This thing has happened kind of in the secret. But God has to tell someone. He has sent the Savior of the world. And so he picks these shepherds. They're out there just in the countryside. And the the angel said, Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Yes, the glory of God is here. You're seeing the glory of God. It can be terrifying. But listen, the message I'm bringing is so good. And it's going to bring such great joy to people. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And it was, it was for all people. This message was for everyone. You know, sometimes good messages come, and they're for a few. This message is for everybody. It doesn't leave any single person out. 
It's for all people. It doesn't matter what race you are. It has nothing to do with it. Right. Nothing to do with it. It doesn't matter what economic status you are. It doesn't matter whether you have nothing or where you seem to have everything. It makes no difference. Right. Okay? It doesn't matter whether you came from a loving, very stable home or you came from a broken mess. It doesn't matter. It is good news for all people. It doesn't matter whether you've hardly ever gotten in trouble. You need this Savior. And it doesn't matter if you're a convicted felon. This is good news for all people. Through the centuries, even up to our generation, good news. And what is? What it is? (laughs) What is it? A Savior. You know, you don't think about, you, you know, you think of somebody riding in, you know, on a horse and saving the, a Savior is born. God, the Son, is born a human being. Crazy. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. The word Savior means Savior. It means Deliverer. Someone's been born today that is going to deliver you. It means rescuer too. Someone's been born today who is going to rescue you. Save your life. A Savior has been born. And He is Christ the Lord. This is God the Son. I read a story. I want to share it with you. It's not... It's kind of a sad story, but yet the the very ending, I just thought it had an impact on the very end. It's about a movie. In the film, The Water Diviner, Russell Crowe portrays an Australian farmer, Josh O'Connor, who allows his three sons to enlist with the Anzac troops in World War I. All three of them are together at the Battle of, of Gallipoli. Am I saying that right? Gallipoli? 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 Okay. Uh, All three of them go missing in action and are presumed to be dead. The movie begins four years after their disappearance. Connor's wife has died, and when Connor buries her, he promises at her graveside to bring her boys home and bury them next to her. As a water diviner, someone who finds hidden sources of water in a dry climate, Connor possesses an innate ability to sense the insensible, and he applies his sixth sense to the problem of locating his lost children. After a three-month journey, Connor arrives in Istanbul, and from there he bribes a fishing boat captain to transport him to uh, Gallipoli, against the wishes of the British Army, who were there trying to find and properly bury their war dead. Possessing nothing but his eldest son's diary and the knowledge of what day his son disappeared, sons disappeared, Connor is convinced that he can find them. A Turkish officer who was present at the battle, Major Isan, is the only one who takes Connor seriously. The British officer in charge has already planned for a supply ship to take Connor back to Istanbul and is content to see him rot on the beach in the meantime. A most telling scene unfolds. Major Isan asks the British officer why they won't help Connor search for his sons. The officer quips that he can't go about helping every father who won't stay put and let the authorities handle the matter. Then Major Isan replies, Yes, but... He's the only father who came looking. And that was the point. 
He was the only father that came looking. You know what we're celebrating today? It's about the fact that the father came looking. He wasn't content to stay where he was. Jesus came I mean, when you look at the words of Jesus, as he grew up, became a man, fully aware of what his, who he was and what his, the Father's plan was for him. I mean, he fully understood that. And more than one time, he said, I've come seeking. I came to seek. Well, he said in one instance, I came to seek and to save those who are lost. You know what? The Father came seeking. The Son, in the perfect will of the Father, came seeking. Jesus was accused of hanging around with the wrong people. (laughs) He hung around with people that had some reputations that weren't necessarily good. But He came seeking. Purposely. Purposefully. Let's look at Matthew 9. An instance. He'd called Matthew, a tax collector, to come and join him. And uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 10 starts and says, That night Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to be his dinner guests, along with his fellow tax collectors and many other notorious sinners. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, were indignant. Why does your teacher, Jesus, eat with such scum? They asked the disciples. Well, somebody heard him say that. And so, that person just starts talking. Jesus replied, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to be merciful. I don't want your sacrifices. For I have come to call sinners. Not those who think they're already good enough. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. A Savior has been born. God seeking man has been born. You know, we know John 3.16. You know, most people know that verse. Who said those words? Jesus. It's not somebody... Jesus himself said those words and they were, they were recorded in Scripture. Let's take a look at that again. I mean, this is, this is the heart of God. This is the heart of the Father. This is the heart of the Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now we know that part, but the next part of it is really powerful. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. God didn't send Jesus to condemn people. He sent Jesus to save them. They were already condemned. But He sent Jesus to save them. It's good news. Of great joy. Have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you experienced this good news? I tell you what. It never gets old. Some news gets old. You know, during before the election and all the advertising, I was getting I was getting tired of hearing stuff. Was anybody else just getting tired of hearing stuff? It's like 
but I still listen, so I guess I don't. I can't say a whole lot. But anyway, but I was I was getting just tired. It's like let's let this election get over, okay? But the news that this angel talks about it, it never becomes old news. It never becomes old news, and it's always good, and it just keeps bringing great joy to people. It just keeps happening. So. <clears throat> Let's go back to our text, Luke chapter 2. We're almost done. The angel goes on to say, This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to man. Peace to to men on whom God's favor rests. His favor rests on everybody because he sent Jesus for everybody. His favor is there. Peace. What, what kind of peace is he talking about? Well, let's look at a couple more verses. Romans 5. Talking about those who've embraced Jesus as the Son of God, the Savior who died for their sins, and by faith they embrace that and receive Him as their own Savior, surrendering their lives to Him. And it says, Therefore, since we have been made right, or declared righteous, in God's sight by faith, by putting our faith and trust in Jesus, we have peace with who? God. Can you think of anyone you else you would rather have peace with than God? When God looks at you and he says, I'm at peace with you. You're at peace with me. And it didn't say because of good works. Peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Peace with God. Do you remember when you didn't have peace with God? I could remember when I didn't have peace with God. You know, I didn't grow up hearing Bible stuff. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up with any of that. But I didn't believe there was a God. I don't know why. But for some reason, I just embraced the Saul came from somewhere. There is a God. And, uh, and I knew, I just knew, thinking about God didn't make me happy. Okay, it made me a little scared, actually. And, uh, you know, you can fill your life with all kinds of stuff and stay busy, 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 busy. But for me, it's like when you went to bed, by yourself, went to bed, you start thinking about stuff that normally you just keep staying busy and you don't think about it, but it kind of comes. You know what I'm talking about? There's those moments. And it's just like, wow, if God is real and I, and I have to stand before Him someday, this isn't good. This isn't good. So, so you find something to read or look at and just forget about it. Okay, I mean, that's kind of your coping mechanism. Let's think about something else for a while. But there came the day when that thought came and I thought, I'm at peace with God. If I was to stand before God right now, I am at peace with Him. And He's at peace with me. I loved having that experience. You know what I'm saying? After Jesus came into my life, I just knew that I'd been forgiven. All of my offenses were just washed away. And I was His Son. 
And I wasn't perfect yet, and there were still things to work out in my life. But I was at peace with God. Oh, I, I hope, I pray everybody in here can say that. At peace with God. Because that's what the angel announced. Good news. On earth, peace to man on whom God's favor rests. Well, here's another piece that I like too. Jesus was talking with a group of people. And he kind of invites them. Matthew 11. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Let me tell you, if there's anybody in here today that's weary and you're carrying heavy burdens, that invitation is still there. Jesus says, don't try to figure this all out and then come to me. Come to me now. Come to me. All you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you what? Rest. Let me tell you, this isn't just a one-time situation. Many times I've come to Jesus. Jesus! This is more than I... You know, I need some help here. And He'll give me rest. Take my yoke upon you. Now, yoke was, you know, with oxen. That was the thing that attached around the the necks of the oxen. So they were drawing things together. There were... Two oxen would pull as one, or maybe there could even be more than that, but they would pull something as one. Okay? And Jesus said, I've got a yoke also. I want a yoke to you. And then he said this, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Let me teach you. You've got to get yoked to Jesus, close enough where you're hearing. And then he's just going to start teaching you about life. Teaching you how to live. Let me teach you, because I am humble. Isn't that amazing? God the Son saying, you know, I'm God Almighty and bless God, you will get this right. He says, no, get, get yoked to me. I'll teach you. But let me tell you something. I'm gentle. Some of you who think God is just harsh in the way he's dealing, let me, Jesus is gentle. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle and you will find rest for your souls. And he doesn't want it to happen at your deathbed. (laughs) He wants it to happen today. He wants it to happen every day. Rest for your souls. You know what I'm talking about? Rest for your souls. For my yoke fits perfectly. And the burden I give you, it's light. So if you feel like you're carrying a burden, it's not because Jesus is putting it on you. The world can put it on you. Hey, we live in a very corrupt, sinful world. Things happen, and they touch very innocent people. Sin spreads and touches people's lives. And there can be burdens, and there can be weights, and there can be all kinds of things that are just heaped on people, even because of other people's decisions. We just live in that kind of a world. This is not heaven. okay? <laughs> not at all. But Jesus said, get yoked to me. My burden 
When you get yoked to me, it's light. The burden of this world is heavy. Okay. The burden of sin is heavy. It'll wear you down. But mine is light. Well, back to our text. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. If anything I shared in this message this morning causes fear to rise in your heart, I'm saying, don't be afraid. Just let God in. Let Him do the things He's promised He wants to do. Okay? Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that's for all people. Today, well, a couple thousand years ago, (laughs) in the town of David, a Savior was born. Interesting, it says, to you. A Savior was born to you. Christ the Lord. I want us to pray, and then we're going to finish our service today rejoicing. I think we're singing joy to the world. Oh, great song. Okay, let's pray. Father God, we are so thankful for the wonderful news that we celebrate today. No one has to be without hope. No one has to be destroyed and weighted down by the things of this world and the things even in their own life. You you gave us good news. You sent a Savior to save us, to rescue us, even from ourselves. (laughs) Even from ourselves. And you said, through this Savior... I'm giving you peace with me. And through this Savior, I'm giving you peace in your own heart. Rejoice. Rejoice. Father, today, if there's anyone who needs Jesus as their Savior, some people have heard of Jesus and they've been around all that, but never entered into it themselves. Never never fully understood that Jesus died for them, to forgive them, to cleanse them, to restore them back to God. Not everybody's understood that. But today, if there's anyone here today that says, I I understand, and I I want God. I want a Savior. (laughs) I want a Savior. Let me just lead a short prayer but it it needs to be from the heart but let me just lead a short prayer and if anybody today you're saying I'm ready to make that decision I need Jesus and I'm going to give my life to him then just say this but from your heart dear Jesus I believe you are the son of God I believe you came to die for the sins of the world You came to save me. Please forgive me for my sins, my rebellion, my resistance to you. Please forgive me. I embrace you as my Savior. Come into my life. Cleanse me. Restore me to God. And God, I give my life to you. 
Jesus is my Savior. You are my God. I want to walk with you. Scripture tells us that as many as received Jesus, to them he gave the right to become the sons of God, the daughters of God. Whether you felt anything happen or not, God responds with faith. And he says, there was a heart reaching out to me. They made a decision. They wanted me. I forgive them. I cleanse them. I call them my son. I call them my daughter. I come into their lives. They have tasted the good news. And now they're mine. Lord, we thank you. We love you. And we praise you. And Father, as we sing this song, Lord, we sing it with joy. Oh, because you are so good. Let's stand. Let's sing this song.